This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Come on in and pull up a chair. We're just getting started here on Good Friday with Paul Edwards all across southeastern Michigan, northwest Ohio, and parts of Ontario, Canada. You're on Faith Talk 1500 in Detroit. Last night, uh, speaking of Detroit, last night, uh, Detroit uh, hit the big time on the big time Fox News Channel stage with the 11th, yes, the 11th primetime Republican presidential debate of this campaign season. Will they ever end? This is this is the question on everybody's mind. Will these debates ever go away? But uh, for our benefit here in the Detroit area, we were uh, we were spotlighted uh, across the nation uh, and the beautiful Fox Theater uh, also spotlighted uh, when the four remaining uh, Republican presidential candidates uh, took to the uh, to to the stage. Uh, let's see, you got uh, Donald Trump, uh, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, and uh, John Kasich, uh, all vying for the Republican uh, presidential nomination. It's not uh, it's not a shoe in, folks. That Donald Trump has this thing all wrapped up. So when you get ready to go to the polls on Tuesday to vote uh, in the Michigan primary, the tendency is at this juncture because. Because we've already seen, what, a couple of caucuses and some primaries, uh, and the momentum seems to be in Donald Trump's favor, the the danger is that you will say, well, I want to vote for a winner, uh, and so I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. Uh, I've got a lot of reasons why you ought not do that, and we'll get into some of those a little bit later. We're going to open the phone lines uh, this hour, 866-423-9578, 866 866- 423-WLQV. We've got audio from last night's debate. Uh, we're going to hear from Alistair Begg a little bit later this hour. In the second hour of today's program, you know, the big question around Donald Trump is the evangelical support of Donald Trump. Uh, there is a broader question, and that is, should evangelicals be engaged in politics at any rate? Uh, and uh, we're going to have that conversation with the authors of Left, Right, and Christ, Evangelical Faith in Politics. Lisa Sharon Harper is with uh, the progressive group Sojourners, led by uh, Jim Wallace. Uh, and Dr. David Innes is, um, is a professor uh, out there at King's College in New York City. So uh, Lisa Harper taking the, the liberal view and uh, David Innes taking the conservative view. And they've actually gotten together and written a, a pretty excellent book that I think is quite relevant to the debate, to the discussion that you and I are having uh, in uh, in this political campaign season, left, right, and Christ, evangelical faith in politics. We're going to spend the entire second hour of uh, today's uh, program on that topic uh, with Lisa Sharon Harper uh, and uh, David Innes uh, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. But first, uh, back here to Detroit. Last night, Chris Wallace, um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, with these uh, these national media guys uh, and gals for that matter uh but they 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 seem to relish 
pointing out all of the negatives about the city of Detroit. Now, look, there are negatives about the city of Detroit. But lately, lately, there seems to be a whole lot more positive about the city of Detroit than negative. But last night, Chris Wallace and uh, really more than Chris Wallace, Megan Kelly, uh, who decided uh, to show up for the debate evidently because Donald Trump was going to be there. Um, Megan Kelly, we don't have the audio from from Megan, but she just listed a whole litany of problems with the dilapidated buildings uh, in the city of Detroit. And, and to me, it's always sad when you have these um, these media types from New York City come into Detroit and they've never been to Detroit. They, they, I mean, maybe they've maybe they've changed planes in the Detroit airport out there in Romulus, uh, but they've not spent any significant time in the city of Detroit. Uh, and so when they do get here, it seems like uh, all they want to do is repeat their preconceived ideas of the city of Detroit without ever sticking their head out their limousine uh, window to see that it, really there are some positive and good things happening here. Chris Wallace, late in the debate, uh, probably had to be after 10 o'clock last night, when Chris Wallace asked a question directed uh, at Senator Ted Cruz, about the loss of manufacturing jobs uh, in the city of Detroit, comparing Detroit with its greatness uh, in its heyday in the past with where it is today. Here's Chris Wallace and Ted Cruz from last night's debate at the Fox Theater. For half a century, as you all know, Detroit was the symbol of America's industrial might. 300,000 manufacturing jobs in this city. At last count, there are now fewer than 30,000 manufacturing jobs here, and the unemployment rate in this city is 11%, twice the national average. Senator Cruz, I know that you have general plans for tax reform, but what, what specifically would you do to bring manufacturing jobs back to America and train residents of cities like Detroit to do those jobs? Well, Chris, thank you for that question. Let me start by observing that Detroit is a great city with a magnificent legacy that has been utterly decimated by 60 years of failed left-wing policies. You know, Henry Ford revolutionized automobile manufacturing and brought automobiles to the middle class. During World War II, Detroit provided, funded the arsenals of democracy to help us win World War II. In, in the 1960s, Detroit was the Silicon Valley of America. It had a population of 2 million people, had the highest per capita income in the country. And then for 50 years, left-wing Democrats have pursued destructive tax policies, weak crime policies, and have driven the citizens out. This city now has just 700,000 citizens. There are vacant homes, one after the other after the other. Crime has been rampant, and it is an outrage. And let me say to folks in the media, that is a story that the media ought to be telling over and over again, the destruction of left-wing policies and the millions who have hurt because of it. Yeah, that's Senator Ted Cruz uh, last night on the Fox Theater stage uh, responding to uh, Chris Wallace there, one of the debate moderators at the 11th uh, Republican presidential debate of this campaign season. And Senator Cruz is absolutely right. It is left-wing Democrat policies that have absolutely decimated the, the, uh, the economy uh, and really not just the financial economy but the soul the soul of the city of Detroit. 
uh, and it is working its way back. We're seeing a lot of positive things happening in Midtown, the New Center area. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the great things that's uh, that's beginning to happen uh, in the New Center area that just comes to mind is our friend Chuck Gatica has uh, just been named the senior pastor of uh, of a United Methodist Church there, right on Woodward, right in the New Center area. Uh, and we want to wish our friend Chuck Gatica all the best. That's one positive thing uh, that is happening in the city of Detroit. But Senator Cruz is is absolutely correct when he says that it is left-wing Democrat policies that have decimated uh, the soul of this city. The same can be said for uh, the city of Flint, by the way. Uh, I found myself screaming uh, at the um, at the television set uh, last night uh, when it was, you know, the, the, the whole notion that, that somehow uh, the, the state government vis-a-vis the Republican governor failed the the city of Flint, and therefore what has to happen is the federal government must come in to the rescue of the of the city of Flint uh, and the water crisis there because Governor Snyder, the Republican, uh, mismanaged whatever he mismanaged, and totally, not one person brought up last night. That, uh, that the city council in Flint and the mayor in Flint, all Democrat, all liberal, all, uh, all, all vaccinated with this same, this same liberal left-wing ideology that has devastated the city of Detroit. And yet the, it, it seems like the, the plan of, uh, of the of the Democrats, whenever there's a crisis in a Democrat-controlled city, is to blame the nearest Republican. And so, of course, uh, Governor Rick Snyder becomes the scapegoat. Now, look, I am fully I fully understand that Governor Snyder made some mistakes here. But the initial mistakes were made by the Democrat, uh, the Democrats, the Democrat mayor and the Democrat city council in Flint. Now, uh, those of you that are driving the log freeway and you're screaming at your radio and you're saying, wait, 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 Paul, uh, uh, Governor Snyder... Uh, Rick Snyder, one tough nerd, uh, he appointed a city manager, didn't he? Or a, a um, uh, what do you call those? It, it'll come to me eventually. My 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 crack producer uh, Kurt will will tell me an emergency manager. Thank you very much. An emergency manager uh, to take care of the city of Flint. Well, guess what? He appointed, in the interest of bipartisanship, a Democrat. This is the mistake that conservative Republicans always make. Uh, conservative Republicans end up getting pushed and pushed and pushed uh, on their on their philosophy, on their ideology, and they end up in the interest of bipartisanship, in the interest of compromise, saying, "Okay, well, we'll give you your person to manage things," uh, and it never works. It never works. Uh, the definition of bipartisanship uh, from the Democrat uh, side of things is when we get our way. Uh, and so everything about the Flint water crisis uh, is due to left-wing policies in the same way that Ted Cruz characterizes the decimation of the economic vitality and the soul of the city of Detroit over the last 60 years. Well, Chris Wallace wasn't satisfied uh, with that answer. Uh, and, and to be fair, uh, the answer is, what would you do, uh, Senator, what would you do specifically to reverse these things, to bring back manufacturing jobs 
And so Chris Wallace has another go at it. Here's Chris Wallace and Ted Cruz again from last night's debate at the Fox. I'll give you 30 seconds to try to answer my question. What specifically would you do to bring manufacturing jobs back to Detroit and to train the residents here to do those jobs? The way you bring manufacturing back to America is, number one, you lift the regulations. As president, I will repeal Obamacare, the biggest job killer in America. I will pull back the federal regulators, the EPA, and all the regulators that are killing small businesses and manufacturing. And my tax plan, which is a very, very detailed plan on the website, tedcruz.org, is what's called border adjustable. We get rid of all the taxes. We get rid of the corporate income tax and the death tax and, and the Obamacare taxes and the payroll tax. And we replace it with a 16% business flat tax that is border adjustable, which means all exports are entirely tax-free and all imports pay the 16% business flat tax. That's a 32% differential. What that will do, Chris, is bring millions of manufacturing jobs back to this country, bring the steel industry back to this country, create an environment where when we compete on a fair and level playing field, American ingenuity can beat anyone, but right now the federal government isn't giving us a level playing field. Thank you, Senator. Uh, sounds like uh, Ted Cruz there has a plan. Uh, you're getting a lot more substance in that response than you ever get from Donald Trump. And when we continue here on Good Friday with Paul Edwards, we're going to get into the whole Trump issue uh, and and the, the phenomenon, the absolute phenomenon that evangelical voters uh, are rallying to him. Uh, there's some great op-eds uh, that have been written in the last couple of days, and of course Mitt Romney uh, comes out of uh, comes out of hiatus. Uh, if he was on hiatus, but he he takes the stage in Salt Lake City, Utah, yesterday, to just lambast Donald Trump, uh, and I fully recognize that there there are issues with Mitt Romney. I I, I get it. Uh, Mitt Romney accepted willingly four years ago the endorsement of Donald Trump and said the exact opposite about Donald Trump four years ago than what he said yesterday in his speech uh, at the Hinckley Institute uh, in Salt Lake City. I get all of that. That, however, does not diminish one iota, in my view, the truth that Mitt Romney spoke yesterday about Donald Trump and the truth that Michael Gerson in his op-ed at, uh, at the Washington Post is speaking about Donald Trump, the truth that Ross Douthat at the New York Times is speaking about Donald Trump. The problem with evangelicals, as I see it, who are supporting Donald Trump, is you are completely, if you're an evangelical who supports Donald Trump, you have completely denied your faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about for salvation. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. Don't misunderstand me. I'm saying that you have put your faith in your anger. You have transferred your faith from the providence and sovereignty of God and the ruler of all things, Jesus Christ, and you're placing it in a man who's angry. Donald Trump, and you're angry, and Donald Trump is angry, and you're mad because for eight years the Republicans in, in the United States Congress did absolutely nothing to stop Barack Obama, and you hear a very vulgar, angry businessman with lots of money and lots of power come on the scene, and you identify with that power, and you say, finally, we have a Goliath that is going to take down the Republican establishment that didn't do anything about Barack Obama, and things are going to change. I want to tell you, there is absolutely no fundamental ideological difference between Barack Obama and Donald Trump.
zero. There is no ideological difference between Barack Obama and Donald Trump. What you what we are ended up seeing is is we've got conservative evangelicals for the most part and then conservatives in general of the Tea Party variety who are just ticked off at the Republican establishment for letting things go the way they've gone for the last eight years in this country. And look, I'm ticked off about it too. But you and I as evangelicals have got to keep perspective. And the perspective that we must keep is that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Our first allegiance as believers and followers of Christ is to him, and we need to trust him. And you say, well, maybe maybe Jesus has raised up Donald Trump, not on your life. The character of Donald Trump in no way displays the character of a godly man and certainly not the character of a man worthy of the presidency of the United States. We'll play some excerpts from Mitt Romney yesterday. Uh, you'll hear from Donald Trump. I've got some op-eds that I want to uh, read for you, and I'd love to know who you plan to vote for on Tuesday in the Michigan primary, 866-423-WLQV, 866 866- 423-9578. The phone lines are open here on Good Friday with Paul Edwards. You can also email me, Paul, at SalemDetroit.com. More of Good Friday coming up. Hi, this is Chris Brooks, campus dean of Moody Theological Seminary, Michigan campus. And I want you to take a moment to meet some of the world-class professors that make Moody, Michigan, a special place to learn and grow. I'm Gene Mayhew, professor of Old Testament and Semitic Studies. At MTS, uh, the student will get the academic and also will get the practical. And it's a beautiful mix to where from the text of scripture, the student will be able to see uh, where the principles and how the principles are drawn from scripture and then how they need to be applied in the modern day world. Great thing about theological studies here is the fact that you will be drawn into a network of students just like yourself who have the same passion for the Lord, same passion for the scriptures, are reaching out in their churches and area ministries, and some of these students will be lifelong friends. We'd love to have you be a part of the Moody Michigan family. Why don't you contact us by visiting moody.edu or call us at 734-207-9581. God bless you, Bishop Hoskins. And Pastor Gene. From the Power of Faith, Power of Faith, Full Gospel Music Ministry. We have a strong biblical teaching for you every second and fourth Sunday right here on AM 1500 WLQV. Talk radio. Join us and be blessed abundantly. And as I always say, keep walking, walking with the Word. God bless you. Join Bishop Hoskins for Power of Faith every second and fourth Sunday evening at 730 on AM 1500 WLQV. This is Pastor Emory Moss, Jr., your friendly neighborhood apologist. Join me each and every weekday from 6 to 7 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. We discuss all things biblical and give you challenges to test your biblical knowledge. Don't forget, we have Open Air Monday, which is always open for your Bible questions and Relationship Wednesday. That's Bible Talk weekdays at 6 p.m. right here on Faith Talk 1500. Here's the update from The Ideal Depot. It's time for parents to make that all-important decision to pick a school for fall. It can be a money challenge at times, so here's the answer. 50% off tuition vouchers. Franklin Road Christian School in Novi stepped up with one 50% discount on annual tuition, so one deserving student can now enroll at Franklin Road Christian School. 
They, of course, are located on the beautiful campus of Brightmoor Church in Novi. Usually $8,350, you can get that same voucher for $4,175 right now, but only at TheIdealDepot.com. Remember, there's just one 50% voucher and it will go quickly. As always, important restrictions apply, so go to TheIdealDepot.com. Review these carefully. It's a one-half off tuition for one deserving student at Franklin Road Christian School, only at TheIdealDepot.com. Twenty minutes after the hour, Good Friday with Paul Edwards. The phone lines are open to engage. 866-423-9578. This may be the most important Republican presidential primary you've had the opportunity to vote in coming up uh, Tuesday in Michigan. And I want to encourage you to get informed about the candidates and vote. Uh, I am not voting for Donald Trump. I have not yet, quite honestly, decided who I'm voting for. I'm not even going to tell you who I'm leaning toward. Now, several weeks ago, maybe several days ago on Facebook, I said who I'm leaning toward. uh, And I may end up voting for that candidate. But I can tell you one thing. This evangelical Christian, this evangelical pastor, is not going to vote for Donald Trump. And I'm going to join my voices with the voices of... uh, of men I respect like Alistair Begg uh, and uh, Michael Gerson and Ross Douthat and encourage every evangelical Christian listening to me not to vote for Donald Trump. I don't care who else you vote for. Don't vote for Donald Trump, and uh, we'll get into the reasons why uh, as we as we listen to uh, excerpts in a minute here of Mitt Romney's uh, speech yesterday from the Hinckley Institute in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, but we want to hear from you, 866-423-9578, 866-423-WLQV. The phone lines uh, are open, and Deborah and Troy, I'm so glad you called. It's great to hear from you. Hello, dear brother. It was so good to see you at uh, the Ravi Zacharias event. Yes. Um, I am very, very concerned, and from, I would say, oh, at least nine months now, it has really been my very strong sense that just as it was very troubling that many quote-unquote Christians in the African-American community rushed to vote for Obama, it is equally troubling for many of the same reasons that now white quote-unquote Christians are flocking to this man. He will do executive orders in much the same fashion. He cannot be trusted on almost every level. And the thought that this man would be the representative for our nation before all the other nations of the earth just breaks my heart and i would say as to who i am voting for i've taken my time and i finally came to the conclusion that all of them are flawed because all of them are human right but the bottom line for me is i am going to go with ted cruz because he has a record of defending the constitution i think that is a noble choice without question 
Uh, and when you compare Ted Cruz and his character to Donald Trump and Ted Cruz's understanding of history to Donald Trump's understanding of history, Ted Cruz's understanding of the Constitution, if you've, as you've just pointed out, Deborah, to Donald Trump's understanding of the Constitution, there's, there's no match. Uh, there, you know, Ted Cruz would be Antonin Scalia in the White House. Yes. Yes. Deborah, I appreciate. And I, just, I wish that I could get his yard sign. I've been trying to contact um, his uh, campaign, and I can't even get one of his yard signs. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll try to contact his campaign and see if we have any influence to get you a yard sign. I would love to. I want to make phone calls. I I came to the conclusion it is not enough at this point for me just to believe the right things. I actually have to be proactive, and all I know to do is serve in whatever capacity they could use my limited skills. Deborah, thanks so much for your call. Always good to hear from you. Appreciate it very much. 866-423-9578. All of us need to be activists. Uh, you know, and let me build on what Deborah just said there. All of us need to be activists. Uh, we need to pray, first of all, uh, but we also need to be quite active. Uh, in in uh, in working for the principles that we believe in. 866-423-9578, 866-423-WLQV. Last night, Mitt Romney, uh, actually uh, yesterday morning at about 11.30 our time, uh, I don't know what time it was in Salt Lake City, a couple of hours ahead of that, but at 11.30 yesterday our time, uh, Mitt Romney took to the microphone, you know uh, that the Republican establishment is concerned now, those of you that are rabid Trump supporters are simply going to say that the, the Republican establishment is on the run and they're on the ropes. And so now they're bringing out their, their Goliath, Mitt Romney, to try to stop Donald Trump. And that may be true at a certain level. But I think Mitt Romney yesterday showed leadership. Now, look, I understand the inconsistencies with Mitt Romney. I get it. I, I've, I know his record as governor of Massachusetts. I know he hasn't been a Ronald Reagan conservative his entire political life. I get all of that. But all of that notwithstanding, Mitt Romney uh, showed presidential leadership in the speech that he gave, an 18-minute speech yesterday from the Hinckley Institute uh, in, uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah, in coming after Donald Trump. The role of a leader is to talk to the people directly and to say, you're getting ready to make a mistake. I don't view what Mitt Romney did yesterday as interfering. Uh, I've read a lot of op-eds since uh, Mitt Romney's piece uh, or his speech, and some of these pieces are suggesting, look, Romney and the rest of the Republican leadership need to listen to the people. That's not what a leader does, friends. That is not what a leader does. That's what Bill Clinton did as president of the United States, that's what Barack Obama did. Listening to the people is following the polls. Now, you don't want a leader that listens to the people. You want a leader that knows his people, loves his people, cares deeply about his people, who the people can trust to lead them to the place they need to be. And I think Mitt Romney showed that kind of leadership yesterday. Here is clip number one, Mitt Romney yesterday in Salt Lake City. And let me put it very plainly. If we Republicans choose Donald Trump as our nominee, the prospects for a safe and prosperous future are greatly diminished. 
Let me explain why I say that. First on the economy. If Donald Trump's plans were ever implemented, the country would sink into prolonged recession. A few examples. His proposed 35% tariff-like penalties would instigate a trade war, and that would raise prices for consumers, kill our export jobs, and lead entrepreneurs and businesses of all stripes to flee America. His tax plan, in combination with his refusal to reform entitlements and to honestly address spending, would balloon the deficit and the national debt. So even though Donald Trump has offered very few specific economic plans, what little he has said is enough to know that he would be very bad for American workers and for American families. But you say, wait, wait, wait. Isn't he a huge business success? Doesn't he know what he's talking about? No, he isn't. And no, he doesn't. His, uh, 866-423-9578. The phone line's open. Uh, you get to go to the polls uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I'm interested in knowing who you're leaning toward or who you've decided to vote for. 866-423-WLQV. We're going to get back to Mitt Romney after some of your phone calls here. Marsha in Livonia, I'm so glad you called. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having such a wonderful conversation on the radio. Um, I am voting for Ted Cruz. He almost never gets any... Uh, airtime on the television, um, and if he, you know, you, and if he does get any, it's usually what Trump has to say about him or somebody else has to say about him, which usually isn't true. Uh, this man, uh, Ted Cruz, is very—he's a noble man. He is a Christian, and he's honest, and um, he he tells the people. Uh, what he's going to do. He told his own people in Texas what he would do for them. They put him into office. He did everything he said he was going to do for them. That's why he won Texas by over, what was it, 17 points above head and shoulders everyone else. And um, I, I just want to say the reason Trump has gotten so large is that there is a love affair. The media is having a love affair with Trump, and they've been shoving him down our throats day and night ad nauseum. Uh, you can't – I keep turning the channel, and it's on the next channel. And it's all Trump all the time. And, you know, he that is part of the whole scenario is people who are not delving into, you know, educating themselves about what the uh, – candidates believe and what they would do for America, they're just listening to the media, they're getting mesmerized and propagandized and uh, going with the flow there. Right, and, and so we, like, we, um, we've, got to be very we've got to be very careful, Marcia, that we don't, uh, as Christians, that we don't just mindlessly follow the uh, the liberal media down a path of, uh, of destruction. Exactly. I, I appreciate very much yes, your, exactly. your call. Matthew in Harper Woods, thanks for calling. You're on Good Friday. So, with Paul are Edwards. you going to play the other clips with Mitt Romney endorsing Donald Trump when he was begging yeah. for his endorsement? Yeah, I, at the beginning of the I program, mean, was, if, you, if, you were listening, uh -huh. uh, if you were listening, Matthew, uh, you would have noticed that uh, or you would have heard that I said before I played any clips of Mitt Romney that Mitt Romney was inconsistent four years ago when he accepted without reservation Donald Trump's endorsement when he was running for president in 2012 and basically said the exact opposite about Donald Trump 
uh, last night or yesterday uh, yesterday morning. So yes, it's it's on the record that Mitt Romney is inconsistent. I wished uh, I wished that that uh, that Mr. Romney would have apologized to the American people at the beginning of his speech yesterday morning and said, "I made a mistake." Uh, and uh, in accepting the endorsement of Donald Trump four years ago, uh, and I was I was uh, enamored with the politics of the whole thing. And just be honest with the American people. I- I'm still hopeful that Mitt will do that. Uh, but no, we made it very clear that Mitt has been uh, inconsistent uh, on these uh, issues. Here's clip number two from Mitt Romney yesterday at the Hinckley Institute on Donald Trump. Mr. Trump's bombast is already alarming our allies and fueling the enmity of our enemies. Insulting all Muslims will keep many of them from fully engaging with us in their urgent fight against ISIS. And for what purpose? Muslim terrorists would only have to lie about their religion to enter the country. And then what he said about and 60 Minutes, did you hear this? It was about Syria and ISIS, and it has to go down as the most ridiculous and dangerous idea of the entire campaign season. Let ISIS take out Assad, he said, and then we can pick up the remnants. Now think about that. Let the most dangerous terror organization the world has ever known take over an entire country? This recklessness is recklessness in the extreme. Now Donald Trump tells us that he is very, very smart. (laughs) I'm afraid that when it comes to foreign policy, he is very, very not smart. Uh, again, Mitt Romney uh, yesterday uh, going right uh, after Donald Trump. Uh, the, the issue with Donald Trump, friends, is his absolute arrogance. Donald Trump is not running for president for any other reason than Donald Trump. And evangelical Christians uh, who want to live the way of Jesus cannot find uh, an example of Jesus in the bombast of, of Donald Trump. You, uh, you take, for instance, Michael Gerson uh, on February 29th in the Washington Post, uh, and in the interest of full disclosure, Michael Gerson uh, was the chief speechwriter for George W. Bush, uh, and he writes in the Washington Post on February 29th, Trump roots his intimidation in a worldview, the need for the strong hand. It is the most consistent commitment of Trumpism. You notice how uh, Donald Trump behaves on the debate stage with people who are supposed to be his colleagues, men who are supposed to be in this fight with him to keep Hillary Clinton out of the White House, and yet he's, he's battling tooth and nail against his colleagues. Uh, this, man, this man does not have the character to be a United States congressman or a United States senator, let alone the president of the United States. He knows nothing of collegiality. He does his own thing. He's his own man. And I fully recognize that that is appealing to, to many of you. But I'm telling you, that is, a, that, is a damning, that is a damning character trait in a president of the United States to not care about what anybody else thinks. You may be able to run a business that way. You can't, you can't get things done on a world stage Uh, with that kind of bombast. Uh, Gerson writes, the realistic prospect of executive power has only increased Trump's swagger. Uh, Trump uh, has threatened a Republican donor who opposes him, the owner of the Chicago Cubs. 
Trump has threatened the media, promising to open up our libel laws so he can more easily sue outlets that differ in their view of the truth about him. Trump has attempted to smear and intimidate a district judge who's presiding over a lawsuit for fraud against Trump University. <laughs> where, where will this man stop? Uh, Gerson says Trump may be excused for his, for his adolescent view of strength, the power of the tantrum of the crude put-down of the dirty trick. Trump has no evident knowledge of American history or of a conservative ideology. He lives only in the vivid present of his wants and needs. He is squandering an inheritance he does not value, that he does not even understand. And Gerson uh, completes this excellent piece by saying uh, that, uh, that Trump's conception of leadership is to become large by making others small. In a reality television uh, star, that's a job qualification. In a president, it would raise the prospect of serious damage to our democratic system. Why are evangelicals flocking to this man? 866-423-9578. Kurt, I want to play the very last Mitt Romney clip. I think it's Romney number four. Uh, here is Mitt Romney prophesying, prophesying how Donald Trump would respond to Mitt Romney's speech. Dishonesty is Donald Trump's hallmark. He claimed that he had spoken clearly and boldly against going into Iraq. Wrong. He spoke in favor of invading Iraq. He said he saw thousands of Muslims in New Jersey celebrating 9-11. Wrong. He saw no such thing. He imagined it. He's not of the temperament of the kind of stable, thoughtful person we need as leader. His imagination must not be married to real power. The President of the United States has long been the leader of the free world. The president and, yes, even the nominees of the country's great parties helped define America to billions of people around the world. All of them bear the responsibility of being an example for our children and our grandchildren. Think of Donald Trump's personal qualities, the bullying, the greed, the showing off, the misogyny, the absurd third grade theatrics. You know, we've long referred to him as the Donald. He's the only person in the entire country to whom we have added an article before his name. And it wasn't because he had attributes we admired. <laughs> now imagine your children and your grandchildren acting the way he does. Would you welcome that? Haven't we seen before what happens when people in prominent positions fail the basic responsibility of honorable conduct? We have, and it always injures our families and our country. Watch, by the way, how he responds to my speech today. And we're going to hear how Mitt Romney, or rather how Donald Trump, responded to Mitt Romney right after the break. 866-423-9578. Donald Trump did respond to Mitt Romney in a very, very vulgar way. And this is the man that many of you evangelical Christians desire to be your party's nominee for the presidency of the United States. It's absolutely tragic. Wait until you hear the vulgar way in which Donald Trump responded to Mitt Romney. 866-423-WLQV. It's 39 minutes after the hour. Good Friday with Paul Edwards continues. 
This is Daryl Wood here to sing the praises of my pillow. It's the remarkably comfortable pillow filled with interlocking microfibers which conform to the shape of my neck. This custom-made pillow was designed with my sleep style in mind and is measured to fit my body to a T. It's great for my neck and spine, and instead of the two down pillows I was using, I now only need my pillow to enjoy deep, restful sleep. My pillow is made in Minnesota. And there's a great deal going on now. Buy one custom my pillow and get the second one free. Write down the phone number and my special promo code for massive savings. Call 800-919-5912. 800-919-5912. Or go to mypillow.com and enter the promo code RUN TO WIN at checkout. Order yours now. 800-919-5912. Or go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. Imagine your life five years from now. Are you on the path you want to be on? It's time to take control of your future by getting a world-class education from one of the nation's top universities. Arizona State University is now offering over 100 top-tier degree programs 100% online. It's the exact same degree our on-campus students receive, but you can learn from anywhere in the country on your own schedule. For information, call 1-800-720-3423. Learn from ASU's world-renowned faculty and use ASU's global recognition to improve your visibility, professional network, and gain real-world experience you can start using today. The Wall Street Journal ranked ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates. Now discover how ASU Online can stand out on your resume and help separate you from the competition. We're ready to help you learn to thrive in your life, in your career, and beyond. To learn more about ASU online degrees, call 1-800-720-3423. That's 1-800-720-3423. Hello, I'm Ivanka Trump. When I was a young girl, my father, Donald Trump, always told me that I could do anything that I set my mind to if I coupled vision with determination and hard work. He meant it. I consider myself fortunate to have learned from the best both as an entrepreneur and, most importantly, a parent. My father is a man who is deeply grounded in tradition. He raised my siblings and me to work hard and strive for excellence in all that we do. He taught us that to inspire and gain respect in life and in business, you have to earn it. He has done just that over decades and achieved success at the highest level across multiple industries. He has employed tens of thousands of people and inspired them to achieve great things. Countless times, I've watched my dad make deals that seemed impossible to get done. As president, my father will keep his word. He'll never quit fighting for this country and its future, and he will make America great again. I'm Donald Trump, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Donald J. Trump for President, Inc. You're kidding me, right? You're kidding me. Why are we playing an ad for Donald Trump? On this radio station, 866-423-9578, 866-423-WLQV. Here's why I'm livid right now. Here's why I'm livid about the ad you just heard. Here is Donald Trump yesterday responding to Mitt Romney. Uh, it, it, Mitt Romney just lays out the facts about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, keeping with his character, has no facts to fire back with, but he does have vulgarity. Here's Donald Trump. Now, I heard, and I saw just a little bit of it, but I heard that Mitt Romney made a fairly long speech. <laughs> and, and, I mean, honestly, I thought I'll just address it quickly because it's irrelevant. Look, 
Mitt is a failed candidate. He failed. He failed horribly. The third debate. He failed badly. That was a race, I have to say, folks, that should have been won. That was a race that absolutely should have been won. And I don't know what happened to him. He disappeared. He disappeared. And I wasn't happy about it, I'll be honest, because I am not a fan of Barack Obama, and that was a race. And I backed Mitt Romney. I backed him. You can see how loyal he is. He was begging for my endorsement. I could have said, Mitt, drop to your knees. He would have dropped to his knees. He was begging. Yeah. Yeah. He was begging me. Now, your evangelical Christian ears are too sensitive to understand the, the innuendo there. But Donald Trump is the king of innuendo. Of Megyn Kelly, he says she, she had blood coming of, out of her whatever. Uh, and, and you knew exactly what that meant. You may not know exactly what he means when he says he, he could have told Mitt Romney to get down on his knees. Uh, let me just put it to you uh, in terms you might be able to understand. Think Monica Lewinsky. That is the height of vulgarity. And this is all Donald Trump has, friends. It's all he has. He has his ego and his vulgarity. And Donald Trump does not display any kind of Christian character, godly character whatsoever, not to mention the character worthy of a president of the United States. Look, it's getting so now that so many evangelicals uh, are, are pushing uh, Donald Trump that uh, my friend Alistair Begg in Cleveland, Ohio, who never in the 30-plus years that I've known Alistair, I've never known him to weigh in on a presidential candidate. But this week on, on the Truth For Life blog, Alistair Begg uh, came out in a very kind and pastoral way to warn against men like Donald Trump. He says on the blog, last week, Susan, that's his wife, Susan and I attended a Republican presidential debate. The moderator had his hands full, attempting to maintain some semblance of order as the five presidential hopefuls reenacted a playground brawl. In the audience, George Bush, a humble, well-respected president, provided a striking contrast to the arrogant bluster of the frontrunner, Donald Trump. If there ever was a time to pray for the overruling hand of providence to save us from ourselves, it is surely now. It is both a privilege and a responsibility to engage in the process afforded us to vote. Our citizenship as believers is ultimately in heaven, but presently on earth. Jesus did not ask his father to remove his followers from the world, but to keep them from the evil one. I think a lot of evangelical Christians in Detroit, uh, under listening to the sound of my voice, you're going you're gonna to go to the polls. You're going to go to the polls uh, on, on Tuesday, and you're so angry at the Republican establishment for what they've allowed to happen over the last eight years with Barack Obama's advancing liberal agenda. And look, Barack Obama eight years ago promised he was going to fundamentally change America. He kept that promise. And you're livid about it, and you ought to be livid about it, but I want to tell you something. The godly way to handle this is not to put your hope and trust in Donald Trump. A vote for Donald Trump on Tuesday is a vote for the same policies that got us into the mess we're in that Barack Obama uh, has been utilizing for the last eight years. There is no fundamental difference between Barack Obama and Donald Trump.
And I don't know why the other candidates, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, John Kasich, Ben Carson, I don't know why they haven't tried to make that clear. 866-423-9578. Gary in Hazel Park, I see here that you're, you're planning to vote for Trump, and I'm interested in knowing why. Well, to tell you the truth, which I like doing, is uh, for the last 150 years, the politicians in this country have stripped us of our rights. They've stripped us of our birthrights to be free in this country. And I suspect that uh, Trump is going to put up that wall. He's going to throw out all these trespassers. He's going to get rid of the Muslims that are going to be a threat to my family and my people. And he is going to eliminate the tax code, which the government uses as a way to suppress the people. And he's going to build our military up to the size that Ronald Reagan had it. And if he does those four things and those four things only, this country has a chance. I do not need or look for a spiritual leader in my president. That's nice. I'm completely for Christian religiosity in America. I support Christians. I'll fight and I'll die beside them. But I'm not looking for that in my president. My president's job is to protect my borders, protect our rights to live free in this land. And that has been taken away from us slowly but surely over a century. Gary, I don't expect our president, any president, to be a spiritual leader, but I do expect him to be godly. I do expect him to have some fear of God. Donald Trump is on record as saying that he's never asked for forgiveness. He's never, he's never needed to ask anybody for forgiveness, and he didn't need to ask God for forgiveness. That, my friends, is the height of arrogance. That, that I don't want a, a pastor-in-chief to be president of the United States. I don't expect George W. Bush or Barack Obama to be the spiritual leader of the country, but I do expect them to be men of character, men who nice. fear yes. God. Donald Trump fears no man, which is why he's so vulgar, which is why he, he can say the things he does. I mean, he blasphemes God by saying, I don't need God's forgiveness. How, how, how can how, how can you blood? look at that man that as in, as it, at any at any point in his character worthy of being president of the United States? I I, I see all kind. I think he's a nationalist. I think he's it's country first for him, and I don't have a problem with that. This is a temporary position. He he has temporary custodianship of the Constitution. He's not supposed to go out and change things drastically like Obama did. What he's supposed to do is restore the Constitution. Gary, I'm telling you, he's not going to restore anything. He's going to continue in the same vein as Barack Obama. Uh, the no, the no, thing no. that makes Donald Trump and Gary, I, I got to get some other calls, and I appreciate your call. Um, the the thing that makes uh, the thing that makes Donald Trump more dangerous than Barack Obama. Uh, you thought Barack Obama had an ego and was above the law. Look. Donald Trump honestly believes that he rules the world, that his billions of dollars uh, make it where he doesn't have to be accountable to anybody but Donald Trump. Uh, and you saw last night in the debate, he changed his view uh, on, on a part of immigration. He changed his view on, I think, a, a tax policy right during the debate in order to pander to Republican primary voters. Don't you know that as soon as he wins the Republican nomination, he will change his views again 
to appeal to liberals, independents, whoever he needs to appeal to in order to gain the power that he wants. Donald Trump is about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not about this country and about you and your interests. 866-423-9578. Gene in Oak Park, you have waited so very long, and I want to hear from you. Welcome. Gene, are you there? Gene is not there. Ron in Frazier. Ron, thanks for calling. Hi. Um, this is the first time I just heard your debate that I'm calling you. So, um, But, you know, I, I believe that you're making a mistake. And, and I'll tell you why I believe you're making a mistake. It's because, you know, I am a Christian. I'll be honest with you. I think my, my views are closer to Ted Cruz even, um, to be honest with you. But, you know, there's a there you know Moses and everybody that is a Christian also knows that people evolve and they have a place in time and the thing is is that I believe that Donald Trump has a brilliant mind for business I believe that he'll balance the books he's not controlled by the um, different groups that are around that always try to like Hillary and different things that she does. And the thing is, is that I believe he would be a strong leader. I'm not saying he's perfect. And he even said, I went to his meeting today. They said, look, you know what? I'm not perfect. All the Christian people know that. But you know what? I'll do what I'll, I'll do what I say. And I believe that he's true on that. I believe that we've seen leaders like, you know, that have said they're Christian, and they didn't do things that they should have done that even the common, ordinary person that's not a Christian would have done. And that's why people are mad. And the thing is, I'm not voting because I'm mad. I know what I'm getting with Donald. I believe that he will do what he says he'll do. And I do believe that God has got a hand on it. Because when I prayed about it, he says, he, you know, basically he rose up Moses. Moses was no perfect boy. But you know what? He used Moses for a purpose, and he became a great leader. And I think Donald Trump will become a great leader, and I do believe that God does have his, have his hand on him. Well, Ron, so, you and I, you and I dis fundamentally disagree. To compare Donald Trump to Moses uh, is just beyond the pale for me. I mean, you got me on that one. To compare Donald Trump, this is how absolutely blinded evangelical voters are to this man. Yes, I know that no candidate is perfect. Ted Cruz isn't perfect. Marco Rubio isn't perfect. Ronald Reagan wasn't perfect. I get that. But there's a far cry difference in talking about the imperfections of a man and a fundamentally flawed character. Donald Trump's character is fundamentally flawed. He is an egotist. He, he, he berates women. He berates minorities. He wants to ban all Muslims from the United States of America. There isn't anything about the, 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 the principles of this man that any, come anywhere near matching the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not looking for perfection, but Donald Trump, we're not talking about imperfection here. We're talking about a man who is fundamentally flawed uh, and quite possibly, uh, quite possibly might have a personality disorder, quite frankly, when you look at him. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm telling you, 
too many of you evangelical voters out there are placing your confidence in Donald Trump to undo eight years of Barack Obama that you're rightly angry about. But you better get your priorities back in line. You better focus your heart and your soul and your mind on the King of Kings and recognize that all rule and authority are under the Lord Jesus Christ. Good Friday with Paul Edwards continues. Here's the update from TheIdealDepot.com. Parents and grandparents in Wayne, Canton, Westland, and the surrounding areas, St. Matthew's Lutheran School has two 50% off vouchers for annual tuition, so your deserving student could now enroll in St. Matthew's Lutheran in Westland. My kids all attended Lutheran schools. It's Christian education at its best. Tuition is about $4,600 per year, but with this half-price voucher, you can get your St. Matthew's School tuition for under $2,323 right now only at TheIdealDepot.com. Last year, these tuition vouchers sold in just one week. As always, important restrictions apply, so go to TheIdealDepot.com and read those very carefully. It's half-price tuition for two deserving students at St. Matthew's Lutheran School in Westland only at TheIdealDepot.com. That's TheIdealDepot.com. Do you have a family member who's getting older and can no longer be safely left alone? With Visiting Angels America's Choice in Senior Home Care, your parents and older family members can continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Experienced, compassionate caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meal preparation, and light housework up to 24 hours per day at affordable rates. To restore your family's peace of mind, call Visiting Angels toll-free today at 877-374-LIBE or at visitingangels.com. From the creators of God's Not Dead, a classroom answer could cost Grace Wesley everything. They're looking to destroy you. I'm not going to be afraid to say the name Jesus. I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. God's Not Dead 2. In theaters April 1st. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Tickets and showtimes available at godsnotdead.com. Coming up after the break, left, right, and Christ, evangelical faith in politics. Lisa Sharon Harper going to be my guest. And uh, D.C. Innes coming up uh, on the, uh, in the 5 o'clock hour of the, of the Paul Edwards program. I, I wish that we could continue this uh, debate. The excellent phone calls. And, uh, Joan, I wish I could get to your call. And, Jasmine, I wish I could get to your call, but we're just not able to do it uh, at, uh, at this juncture. But I hope you'll stay tuned uh, through, the, through the top of the 5 o'clock hour as uh, we continue the debate about whether evangelicals should even be involved in politics. Lisa Sharon Harper, Dr. David Innes, Left, Right, and Christ, Evangelical Faith and Politics, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour of Good Friday with Paul Edwards. We have two real opponents seeking to dismantle our religious freedoms, the Obama administration and the ACLU. Both of them have seemingly unlimited resources 